Oh, welcome to the Honest TV podcast. We're the podcast for health professionals and the wider community. Look to explore diverse ideas on health, ask some hard questions, and have some honest conversations. My name is Nachi. I'm an EP based in Sydney's Holland Beaches, and joining me as always is our health business owner, Andrew. Andrew, how are you today? I'm good. <laughs> that was How wild. are you, Archibald? That was, I'm on one, I think. That is exciting. I don't, I, I don't know what's happening. 4.46 on Thursday afternoon. Yeah, and I know. that came out. And I am ready to crack a beer. Yeah. Because it is... <laughs> It's been one of those kind of weeks where a beer needs to be cracked. It is. It has. Indeed. What Holy are you shit. cracking? Holy shit, that tastes good. Um, a Gage Roads Pipe Dreams Coastal Lager. 4.2%. It's in a aqua blue waves with like a sunsetty, pale, pastely orange uh, sky. Live the dream, it says. It's really nice. Very good. Uh... I have nothing to add. I don't think there is anything to add other than... Oh, it's very drinkable. It's good. On a Thursday afternoon. It's bad day to be a beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, that is very, very easily drinkable. Yeah. So, well done. It's probably good we've got two of these each because... <laughs> it could get... Uh, this could podcast get could be over in 10 minutes otherwise. <laughs> oh, no. He's spilled some on his puffer jacket. Oh, no. He's had a nightmare. Oh, no. Oh, no. Not the nice rebound puffer jacket. That's no good. We can't have the exercise physiologist of the year getting a getting beer on his puffer jacket, can we now? Congratulations, Awkward by the silence. Way. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, for those who don't know, I'm going to make Andrew cringe for a little bit. Andrew is officially the Allied Health Awards Exercise Physiologist of the Year 2023. Yay! Mm-hmm. Very good. Very Thank exciting. You. And he's so stoked and he's so excited uh, that he's going to give us his pre-prepared <laughs> um, 10 to 20 second thank you speech to uh, the podcast world. Thank you. <laughs> yes! No spilling. Oh, he's choking. That's oh, no. good. Well done. All right. No, it also do you, very well done. Good for you. I'm Thanks. sure the podcast was a huge part of why you um why you won the award. It was just the award submission. I was like, just right. check out the podcast. Check out the podcast. Is like, everything you need to know. Okay, there it is. And work cover sacks and yeah, <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> all that good yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, very good. In all seriousness, why? How? How does one end up in that position? How does one end up in that position? Um, there's there's some imposter syndrome because I am not a practicing EP anymore. Mm. So there, there's probably a very valid question about why mm. I, I am the EP of the year when I'm not an EP. Mm. Uh, I do still pay my membership fees. So technically, Well, that's good. You I could am. practice if you wanted to. I could if I wanted to. Does that mean you pay for your insurance as well? Yeah, it does. That sucks. It does suck. Maybe I should look into that. That's yeah. yeah, no, I need that. I need to have to that. keep your registration. You have yeah. to have your insurance. Yeah. Damn. Which is annoying. Because I've also spent half of my day watching the buddy um, first aid videos that I need to go and do my recertification in. So I'm committed now. You're committed, yeah. yeah. But that's just good as a normal human being to have that anyway, right? Sure, it is. Yeah. Absolutely. You never know what could happen. A car could crash outside. Um, the clinic and you might need to help someone you might because that happened today outside the clinic <laughs> poor sam poor sam poor sam sam's car's parked on the side of the road 
goes outside at lunchtime and sees her car has been written off. Mm. Written off. The other car has been towed away. Mm. The police have left a note saying, call this number. (laughs) And she's like, what the fuck happened to my car? (laughs) And poor thing. Oh, dear. Bad, bad day to be a Sam. (laughs) And a beer. (laughs) And a beer. (laughs) And the APA. And the (laughs) APA. <laughs> and the APA. Bad day to be an APA. Yeah. An Australian Physiotherapy Association. Why is it a bad day to be an APA? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we're going to tear into them in a minute, aren't we? Well, once once the big dogs on on the Honest DP podcast get into you, you know you have you know <laughs> well done something I, wrong. Yes, and and I think perhaps as a the the Honest DP podcast is is probably a good. Starting point for this about mm. the the fact that we are the Honest mm. EP podcast and our views mm. are our own mm. and they are unfiltered. Unfiltered. This is not the like we're not the view of other EPs, of Essa, of of anyone other than ourselves really, and anyone other than ourselves who are also slightly intoxicated. Um, yes. So you know, so don't blame me. Take everything with a grain of salt. Blame the beer. <laughs> Not gauge roads, they're wonderful. We no, don't. no, not them. It's 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 mm. the driver. So if you don't so, know, if you've been living under a rock in the EP world, which you know, some people might be, but also in the allied health world, uh, the Australian Physiotherapy Association about a week ago, maybe two weeks ago now, um, brought out a uh, evaluating skills fact sheet. Uh, and the first and only uh, part of this valuing skills fact sheet was uh, the differences between a physiotherapist and an exercise physiologist. Mm. Look, if I was to summarise this, look, relatively short, it's a two-page PDF. Mm. Um, if I was to summarise it, it's a bit like, um, you know that South Park episode where they go, they took our germs, and then they just get really angry. <laughs> and yes. they took our germs. And it feels like that. the APA is is kind of trying to make a point of difference of EPs are, you know, can't do all of these wonderful things that physios can do. So let's not collaborate on a, on, a, on a PDF that is probably very useful for people to answer, like what is the difference between a physio and EP, uh, but just kind of take the liberty to just say, say it themselves. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think generally a, a good idea would be to uh, collaborate with some sort of representative from either ESSA or the ESSA membership base mm. to put together uh, what what I would assume is a resource that is supposed to be for the general public. Yeah, I can't I can't imagine that this is. It's not really marketing for for the physio association. It's it's supposed to be used in the public forum. Yeah, but you haven't included the perspective of an EP. So I feel like that's a bit of a shitty thing to do. It's it's very weird to have uh, a document that is talking about a uh, the differences between these two professions that is just made by the one profession is <laughs> a very weird comparison to do. Yeah. Um, it's like we're comparing these two things. We are one of the things, and we're going to talk about the other one, not including <laughs> them without consulting. Without them. consulting them. <laughs> um, uh, so a little bias, mm. bias. If I was to say just a little bit. Yes. Um, and I am aware that ESSA has reached out to EP in the past to go, hey, do you want to mm. collaborate on a on a 
a document like this because obviously a lot of people ask this question. Mm. Uh, APA said no, as far as we know from the ESSA statement that was mm. in reply to. Um, and, and here we are. Here we are. Um, where do you want to start? And look, I think, I think if the shoe was on the other foot, right? If ESSA tried to produce a two-pager that tried to differentiate between a physio and an EP that didn't involve collaboration from mm. uh, an APA representative, then mm. it'd be shat on yeah. by the APA. It shouldn't be done in the first place. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's frustrating. Very frustrating. Um, yeah. Where do we start? Huh. <laughs> okay. Here, I've, I've picked out a couple of yeah, go choice, choice sentences. Um, exercise physiologists do not diagnose. Patients should see a GP or a physiotherapist first for diagnosis and determine the optimal treatment pathway. Because mm. that's what people need is more barriers between uh, starting rehab <laughs> mm. they should and where they are they they spend, spend more, more money. money getting more assessments to before they start actually doing anything of, of value. Mm. It's weird. It's it's odd. So that kind of says to me it's like, oh, you know, some some things it's like, hey, we need GP clearance to do this. Like say you you've just had a heart attack or maybe you've just had a stroke. It's like, hey, can you get clearance to exercise um, first mm. from from your GP? Uh, and then we can start doing things once we have, you know, the primary treating doctor sure. has given us clearance for it. This is now saying it's like, oh, you've hurt your shoulder. And it's like, can you go get clearance from um, a physiotherapist um, to get clearance that moving your hurt shoulder is okay before you move it? Which in 99% of like cases is the correct thing to do. And in the 1% that aren't, uh, anyone can rule out red flags. Mm. Quite easily. Quite easily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and they're painting these very broad brush strokes mm. about what exercise physiology is, yes. right? Like, as EPs, we work with a very wide range of people and conditions. Mm. And to say that somebody with diabetes mm. should go and get a diagnosis from a physio before they come and do exercise, yes. like... Mm. What are you talking about? There's like, some really, there's some really interesting like separation statements they put here. Mm. Like, and and if you look at the things they put in bold, it really tells you what they're trying to highlight. Mm. Um, I think it's really funny. Mm. Like they've they've highlighted that uh, what physiotherapists do is they use evidence based clinical reasoning. Ooh. It's like great, good as mm. you should. Um, EPs don't use clinical reasoning, apparently. That's not something that is in our scope of practice to mm. use clinical reasoning. We, we, <laughs> we provide uh, distinct forms of exercise uh, and exercise intervention. What does that mean? Distinct forms of exercise? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> What, is, what does that uh, mean? I think everything, everything is everything a distinct, is a distinct form, form of exercise. <laughs> but we only do that. Right, okay. Yeah, Very yeah. Good. We don't clinically reason the distinct forms. It's, that has <laughs> to be reasoned. We just do distinct that, forms. That has to be reasoned for us. And then we look through our book of, of distinct forms of exercise and then we, we pick a clinical exercise intervention because um, that's our main modality. Fantastic. <laughs> I feel very secure very good. knowing that information. Very good. Um, don't you dare come to me if you don't, if you don't right. diagnose us though. Right. 
Right, diagnosis. Hmm. Do you diagnose? No. No. Um, How useful is a diagnosis? I f- to me, to me, um, a diagnosis for a client or a patient is useful in making them feel safe, secure, um, that they uh, have a treatment plan. There is a prognosis for, you know, this is how you should recover uh, and this is how long you should take and that we are, uh, you are not in for a risk of doing further harm, that kind of thing. So to, to start at the beginning there, like are we capable of identifying red flags? Yes, yeah. Everyone, like right. every health professional has been trained at university at a basic level of how to identify red flags. Right. You, can, you can do that through a good subjective history, medical history, family history of disease, and also a physical examination, um, which is not difficult. No. You know, every, that's kind of the things that uni does a good job of teaching you is, is ruling out red flags right. generally. So cross that one off. Cross that one off, yeah. So then it comes, and, and I presume part of the, the underlying kind of concept here is that physiotherapists, by virtue of being able to diagnose, mm. are able to do these special tests yes. that are magical and that tell you exactly what is going They're very on. Very special. Very special. Um, how special are they? Well, here's, the first thing with the special tests is they're not special enough that you can't do them as another profession. Anyone can do the special tests. Anyone can do them. They're just movements Whoa. that provoke pain. And then depending on which movements give you a positive or a negative outcome, then that leads to a diagnosis. So we can't put the label of the diagnosis on the thing. We could do the special tests that lead to the diagnosis. Mm. Um, we just don't have... Um, you can't put a label on it. We can't put a label on it, which right. is fine. The label I normally put on it is just like irritated <laughs> or painful or sensitive <laughs> or pissed off <laughs> thing, you know? Um, yeah. But in terms of the special tests themselves, we now have like really good data um, in the research to show that the special tests aren't very special at all. Uh, they're not very specific uh, and they're not very reliable at correctly diagnosing even a tissue, the correct tissue that could be uh, injured or damaged. Uh, and then on a broader scale, we know that um, humans are not uh, machines and that there is never one driver of pain uh, and that the, the tissue injury, if we're talking about a, a MSK situation, the tissue injury is one form of nociception input that goes to the brain. Uh, then you have this whole human attached to that that also impacts someone's pain experience. And it's very, mm, not narrow-minded, it's very biomedical. It's very biomedical to then reduce someone's injury diagnosis down to a tissue like a rotator cuff, for example, mm. because you can have a rotator cuff uh, tear that's quite severe, but not have any pain attached to it. So if someone comes in with a painful shoulder and you do your Hawkins Kennedy test, your open can, empty can, and all these things, and you go, ah, this is a supraspinatus tear. Uh, and that is the reason that you have pain. It's like, well, hold up. You can have supraspinatus tear and no pain at all. So how are you actually ruling in that? and ruling out other things. So the special tests are not actually good 
at ruling out other drivers of pain mm. in the first place. Mm. So, and this is like across the whole body as well. This is not like a just shoulder related. It's just a shoulder stuff's just fresh in my mind because we had a not exchange course here on the weekend and Luke and Brendan do a very, very good job at um, work, like taking you through the research in regards to um, special tests. But I've been to their courses for every part of the body and it's the same thing. We can't reduce any human's pain experience down to a tissue mm. by itself. Yeah. And I think like just, just to pull out another sort of section of this um, fact sheet um, is that exercise physiologists take the diagnosis made by a physiotherapist or medical practitioner and provide an intervention based on the medical or clinical diagnosis. Which is so funny because that is reducing a human down to a diagnosis and that is not how any practitioner should be treating someone. <laughs> and I don't care what intervention you're doing, whether that's... Uh, well, that is a distinct form of exercise, <laughs> whether it's a manual therapy or another passive therapy mm. or talk therapy or anything, mm. you're not treating a diagnosis. You're treating a person and mm. the person's experience and the person's goals is way more important than the, the name of the, the diagnosis written down on a sheet of paper from anyone. Or even someone's MRI findings. That's mm. not like how I treat a person. Maybe mm. it gives you some guide as to what that person's experience is and what their expectations are for how they'll be managed. But you should be dealing with the person in front of you. And that is really about just uh, the diagnosis. Mm. When we're talking about MSK, generally the way you would design a rehab program that is individual to the human in front of you is you would start with the end task in mind and go, okay, what is it that we need to get you back to doing? And then we would do a form of that and see what they are able to do currently, pain limited uh, or movement or fear or apprehension limited. And then we work back from there. We find a regression, we find a good place to start and we work out what the low hanging fruit are for what they could do to improve their ability to do that task. That's got nothing to do with the diagnosis. That's got to do with the, just the person, how they move their body. Yeah. Oh, Woo. God, chills. Beer's almost finished. <laughs> mm. Mm. Excellent. <laughs> do you have anything to add to that? No, I, I, think you, I think you have. You're, you're you have, copying a lot of You have nailed that. Saliva in your face because I'm just... Good. Saliva away. Um, how... Are we, are we unregulated? Are EPs unregulated? Oh, we're, we're cowboys. Like yeah. We just go around doing like, get your 90-year-old grandma with osteoporosis, they should be doing cleaner jerks. Get like, on the floor. Yeah. Burpees. Yeah, just totally cowboys just is what we do. Just shit. Yeah. yeah. We don't yeah. know what we're doing. And ESSA can't control us. ESSA can't control us. We don't have insurance, so we've got no sort of... No. No, no person tapping us on the shoulder. Yeah. Um, we can just do whatever the fuck we want. It's great. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You should see the results we get. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> of course we're fucking regulated. Of course we have to be regulated. Why, like, why are we not regulated by APRA? Because we, we're not dangerous enough, according to APRA. We don't hurt people enough. There haven't been enough insurance claims against EPs to warrant us being a more significant risk to the population than the other people that are in it. Oh. <laughs> wow. Old statement. 
we don't pose enough risk. So we don't need, and in fact, it's been our choice not to be registered with APRA because there are other regulatory bodies that govern a whole bunch of health services that we choose to, to fall under. Uh, the, the NASRHP, the National Alliance of Self-Regulating Health Professions. Exactly right. Right. So we, we are, we are um, a part of that. We, we have a self-regulating body, which means we have a governing body that determines uh, like what is our scope of practice, who are the appropriate people to be working with, what are the methodologies that we should be applying mm. to them, mm. and should we step out of that scope of practice, we answer to them mm. and to like an insurance company if it's like negligent, Yeah. right? This, this idea that, uh, or, or the, the conception here that we are unregulated, therefore we can just do whatever the hell we want. Mm. It's inaccurate. Mm. Fuck you. <laughs> and, it, and it portrays us, it portrays us coming back to the idea that this document is supposed to be more for a public facing um, audience it, it paints us in a in a really not accurate light i oh just this this little statement at the very bottom of this document so so comparing the two where it's like physiotherapists are both internally and externally regulated they're a registered profession and practice within their scope under legislatively protected title physiotherapist under the health practitioner regulation national law cool great Exercise physiologists are self-regulated. Exercise physiologists are self-regulated through their governing body, ESSA, and are not required to meet practice standards within national law. Well, that's, that's just wrong, right? Just that, that's just wrong. a broad, sweeping statement. Also, the, so it's wrong because... <laughs> it's wrong. It's wrong because a, accredited exercise physiologist is a restricted term. Not anybody can call themselves mm. an accredited yeah, exercise like physiologist. AEPs, not just EPs. Exactly right. Um, and like, I appreciate that there is some grey there, but, mm. but it, it is a restricted term. You can't... You can't be a personal trainer and call yourself an accredited exercise physiologist mm. because mm. there are processes and safeguards and, mm. and insurances mm. that govern the work that we do. Mm. So, so it, it's, it's just a very inflammatory statement. So, well, I feel inflamed. Yeah, I'm very inflamed. I have osteoarthritis <laughs> in a second here. A bit, um, of, bit of bursitis bit in of the <laughs> shoulder. <laughs> my bursa is inflamed. <laughs> Professor of my head. <laughs> We're on to our second beer for those We're keepies. I've oh, yeah, opened my second beer. Andrew's about to sec- open his second beer. I just, I just, I think it's really funny how they decided in that last statement there that they will just they'll leave out the the words of the health practitioner regulation national law, and they'll just write uh, EPs are not required to meet practice standards within the national law. The national Just law. whatever the fuck. All of the law. All of the national laws <laughs> we're not required to meet. None of them. We could work outside the law. <laughs> How good. If you see an EP, you are working with someone who is oh. an outlaw. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh, and no one can control them. No one can They're control them. They're not bound by any national laws. <laughs> any at all. 
Oh my goodness. It's mm. wild. It's so wild. So it's a very, very interesting document. And we, we've skipped over a bunch of it. But, you know, this, this comes post, what was it, a month ago, maybe a bit over a month ago, when Syrah released a, uh, a, new, uh, a new update mm. to their, their guideline care for treating, I, th- I can't remember if it was just low back pain or if it was just musculoskeletal injuries mm. under work cover related claims. Mm. Um, Interesting timing. I've, it's kind of almost too coincidental for it not to be in a bit of response to it because APA did have a response to that same. Basically what Syria was saying in that one and they were proposed new guidelines. I don't even know if those guidelines have actually been released, released onto their website, uh, but they were proposed guidelines that they wanted people's input into. And they were saying that like, hey, like straight after you have a low back pain injury, uh, lower back injury or a musk injury, you should seek an active base health practitioner that could be a physiotherapist or an AEP mm-hmm. um, or including AEP and physiotherapist. Um, you don't necessarily need to have like a specific diagnosis, but you should be going into active base care from an exercise health professional. I believe the words were exercise health professional. Um, which could be a physio. Which could be a phys- It could be any allied it health. It could be any allied health. There is, like, especially when you look at, well, what is most effective for long-term management and acute management of most musculoskeletal injuries, it's like early active-based mm. therapy. Yeah. Um, so they, they released that statement and uh, APA came back with a thing that was basically an email to all of that. They emailed all of their members just saying they took our jobs, basically. <laughs> um, and, Fuck you. And don't let them do it. Yeah. And a lot of physios... Well, at least the ones I talk to, you're like, what? Mm. Like, what? How, how? How small of the pond of people with work-related injuries do you think this is, and that like we're suddenly going to be out of business? <laughs> like, mm. uh, physio. Like all the physios I talk to, none of them cared that much. They're like, why? Why are you inflaming this thing? Why are you making this a thing? No one. Everyone's like, yeah, cool. Like. Mm. Do active based therapy. That's what we're, that's, that's what, what we do. That's what we should be doing. Yeah. Um, for a lot of these injuries, and yeah, maybe we do a bit of manual therapy, and that helps, like, um, you know, modulate some pain. Cool, great. Mm. Um, but we're still doing active therapy. That's still like the base of our care. It's like, why is our national association getting so pissed off at this? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Doesn't like make they because the, the wording in the guidelines was going to be changed from physiotherapist to exercise health professional. Mm. And they didn't feel like that was them enough. Very protective. Very protective. Of their, of their ground that they have held for... And know, so you might think about, well, why, why is that the case? Well, it's very understandable. You know, they were... Uh, they're, they're probably... Do you say they're the most populous physical therapist in Australia? Off the top of my head, yes, without any, any statistics. But I, I, would, I would think that in the eye of the public... If you think I'm in pain, probably the first port of call is mm. like, I'll go and see a physio. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt in that at all. Um, and to think that some some guideline care from CIRA is going mm. to suddenly change the minds of all of these people and that your turf, for lack of a better mm. word, is going to be uh, stepped on mm. by other people. 
It's yeah. Ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous. Mm. Uh, the only people that would be concerned mm. would be the people that are probably over-servicing or focusing just right. on a mm. passive mm. treatment modality mm. Mm. and thinking that what, what Sierra's putting out is, mm. is earth-shaking mm. um, because 99% mm. of the consult is done with the patient lying on a bed. Mm. And but I think we've progressed past that. For, yeah. for the, and, and I think this is reflective of our team and it's reflective of, of the, the physios that, that we've spoken to mm. is that there's, there's been this movement towards an active-based approach to musculoskeletal pain for years now. Mm. So this is not new. This no. is not different. This mm. is kind of what we're doing anyway. Mm. So, like, why are you getting What's all the issue? uppity about it? Yeah. yeah. It's like your, your profession... Uh, probably the main researchers in the area that are leading us towards this. Mm. Like they're the ones that are putting the guidelines together. You know, there aren't many, you know, the AEPs out there doing research. They're a very, very small group. Mm. Most of them are part of a team and those, the people who've been researching longest are physiotherapists mm. because they're the ones who have had that qualification for longer. Mm. AEP hasn't been a qualification long enough for there to be like, you know, 50-year-old EP researchers. They don't exist. No. They don't exist yet. No. They will. They will be there one day, but that's fine. We're not there yet. (laughs) But like, and I think to to bring it back to like a Mm. grassroots conversation, right? Like a a GP who has been working in the work cover scheme for years and they're not going to read this document and Mm. go, oh shit, I should stop referring to physio. No, not physio. I should stop referring to Joe, the physio down the road Mm. because, oh shit, like he's been doing the wrong thing for 20 years. Mm. Of course not. No. He's been delivering a great service to his mm. patients for a long time, mm. probably now moving towards more of a active approach to yeah. therapy if that person is in line with more evidence-based mm. uh, research. Mm. And so that GP is not going to change their mind. No. Like, who, but, who is this for? What are you doing? Who are you, Stop it. <laughs> who are you trying to help here? Is this just to make you feel better, APA? Mm. Just to go, hmm. yeah. That's Look at right. what we wrote. Look what we wrote. It's good. This is on our website now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, in response, Essa put out a, uh, a document, which, look, I, we, we talk about Essa a bit. I loved what Essa said here. I thought they really took the high road. I thought they, um, they, they didn't bring themselves down to the level of the, what APA said. Uh, they didn't use the name of APA at all. Mm-hmm. And they wrote a post on the website saying, misleading information on scope of practice of accredited exercise physiologists. And look, they went reasonably direct, which I think was necessary. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, Ressa. You get them. Well, I think there's within... I, th- I think there's some very like hungry ESSA members mm. who like have over the last maybe 18 months to two years been a sense of like a little bit of frustration Mm. maybe about Mm. S's lack of inaction when it comes to um, in the public sphere pushing up against Mm. what APA has said in Mm. particular. Uh, And so I think seeing something like this is like, yeah. Fuck yeah. Like, yeah. good on you. You get them. You get them. You get them. Yeah. Look at the little dog. Look yeah. Look at the little dog bark. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. think that's good. And, and look, the gist of it was like, hey, here is what our scope of practice 
actually is. Um, here is how we are actually regulated as accredited excise professionals. Like, you know, we're not registered with APRA because the risks of the public through a professional practice is low. And therefore, the government doesn't need to take on this regulatory burden. We're not a burden to people. We are not a burden to people. Yeah. So leave us alone. You know, we're just over here <laughs> minding our own business. Leave yeah. us alone. Why are you picking a fight with us? Yeah. It's like, but we have this other independent body and <laughs> the standards that they set are closely aligned with APRAs. All right. So, mm. you know, we give assurance to patients that we're receiving quality service from a certified health professional. Okay. And I like the what's next section. Because ESSA says that like, we'll continue to work with government, we'll continue to work with NDIS, aged care, private health, hospitals, and the community, ensure that they can get you know, benefit from delivery of clinical exercise. We're also... Um, <laughs> I love this. They finished this last sentence. Yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> ESSA seeks a public apology and retraction of this content from this professional association association for misleading Australian consumers, referrers, and funders of healthcare. Yeah. Like, mm, give us our fucking apology. <laughs> <laughs> write it down. Yeah, write it down. Yeah, put Fuckers. that in your in your valuing skills fact sheets. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I, I like that. Do you think we'll get an apology? No. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. Because now there's a lot of call from some level-headed ESSA members um, and, and I'm sure, like, I'm, I'm not huge on the physio LinkedIn, so I haven't seen what's been going on over there. Um, I've, I see a lot of the, the EP LinkedIn uh, stuff because I just spam LinkedIn connections. Yeah, you do. Mainly EPs. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Got a collection of, like, 800 EPs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's a lot of level-headed EPs out there going, like, hey, I've reached out to the APA CEO to, to chat. Mm. And we want to talk. And we want to collaborate on a better document. Mm. Um, and we want to talk about, you know, what do they want out of this document and what are their concerns and how can we help address their concerns? Uh, and I think that's the right way to go. Mm. And look, the ball is really in their court. Mm. I, I think if anything, like, I think they've kind of uh, done the exact opposite of what they meant to, which was, you know, whether they, whether they acknowledge it or not, that the APA statement has tried to kind of degrade uh, the skills and the and the the value that AEPs can provide in musculoskeletal care. Um, what I think they've done is brought attention to um, the existence of EPs <laughs> as a profession yeah. that provides clinical exercise um, mm. and distinct forms of exercise uh, and interventions that help people. Uh, with injuries mm. um, because I guarantee that anyone who reads that who wasn't already or who didn't already have an opinion on the issue of um, what do physios do and what do EPs do would have gone oh I wonder what EPs do mm. and then they would have looked up what does an EP do and then they would have ended up on S's website or some clinic's website that would have probably given a really good explanation of mm. what an EP does and go oh now I know what an EP does doesn't really sound like what it said on that fact sheet thing mm. um, and now they're going why is physiotherapy association um, kind of just like shitting on this random profession and then they go APA is a bit weird aren't they <laughs> <laughs> so in, in the way that they're trying to um, keep their ground mm. uh, stand their ground they've actually probably lost ground in a turf war that doesn't exist 
that yeah. they're creating themselves. Yeah. No one actually cares about it mm. as an EP. Like, I feel like all EPs really want is for... Well, once again, I should probably not say all EPs want. All I want as an EP is for the other health professionals that I work with in the care of my clients, whether they're private, NDIS, work cover, whatever, is people who are on the same page as me in terms of what this individual needs. And if we can all be working on the same um, base of guidelines, the same best practice, mm. fuck, my life would be so much easier. Mm. And I'd probably... Oh, I'd, I'd just... It would just make life so easy because mm. you you just have so much trust that like, fuck, now we're doubly, double handling this person, which is something that I feel like a lot of us uh, deal with and mm. people from every healthcare profession deal with this is that you see a client, you give them some advice, you go through some things. Great, they've got a plan for the next week before I see them next. And then during that week, they see their other healthcare, healthcare practitioner and they tell them something different um, and then... Then the client has to pick who they listen to, and then they come back and they go, "Oh, but you know, this person said this, and you said this." Mm. So because I saw them last, last, you know, last four days, I've been doing what they said, which is, you know, and they're not saying this, but it's the opposite of what I said. Mm. And the classic one is, you know, hey, just just let your your back move a bit and relax, and you know, that mm. might actually help if you desensitize if you just kind of relax and not brace as much when you move. And then they go see someone else and they go, hold that fucking shit in place. If it you fall apart. If you, if don't, you don't squeeze don't. hard enough, your disc is going to shoot out of your back. It's going to slip. You know how slippery it is in there? It's going to slip out. It's like an ice rink in there. Between every single one of your vertebrae is an ice, yeah. an ice rink, okay? So hold that fucking core in because if you don't, they're going it's everywhere. Going. It's going. You're going to slip over, all right? And we can't have you just slipping around in there, all right? So keep that shit together. And then they come in and I go, oh, fuck. I'm going to go through this whole shit again. Yeah. And yeah, oh. You are not an ice rink. Yeah. It is okay. Not, you do not have ice rinks in your back. <laughs> Believe it or not. Oh. oh, dear. Tough. Yeah. Tough. Tough. Yeah. Uh, okay. If your if your mum <laughs> was to read this, now your mum's different because yeah, I mean, my she's a Yeah, yeah, that's but, not a good but, example. But, uh, if a mum that is not a health professional that happens was to read this, yeah, was to read, and this. they came to you and said, "Hey, Archie, I just read this thing. I'm a bit confused. Mm. What would you tell them about this?" Jeez. Oh, I, I would probably ask, do you want to be my mum in this situation? Sure. Okay, cool. Um, what are you confused about, mum? Well, it, it feels like I should just see physios for everything. Yeah, right. What leads you in that statement to say that? Like, what what's kind of coming across there that's making you feel like you should just see physios and not EPs? Well, they've really painted EPs in a, in a different mm. light. Yeah. It feels like they're trying to make themselves as the port of call for everything. Yeah. So yeah. I feel a bit like uncertain. It feels like they're almost telling you what to do, right? Mm. Yeah. It's mm. kind of a little unusual, I think, for them to just kind of, hey, you should do this. Mm. Um, would you rather be 
told what to do in this situation or kind of being given choice about, hey, here are the pros and cons of seeing each. What would make more sense there for you? Yeah, I think being a bit more level-headed mm. would be a, make a bit more sense. Would, would it be helpful if I kind of directed you to another resource that kind of gives a, a better understanding of what um, both EPs and physios do well and then maybe you can take a uh, you can pick from there do you have such a resource yeah this podcast <laughs> <laughs> fuck yes <laughs> uh, um, no there that doesn't exist at the moment so um, well look I, I'm happy to talk you through the benefits of both mm. but look at the end of the day Whoever you see, they should be working off these best practice guidelines. So let me show you the best practice guidelines for the, the thing that you want to go and see them for. And then we can try and find you someone, physio, EP, whatever, who, who does that. Mm. Because you'll have good eggs and bad eggs in both professions. And it's more about the person at this point than it is a profession. Yeah. Mm. And, well done. and I think that that's where this is going, right? That there's so much gelling and uh, coming together of all of the research and the guidelines. And now there's some, some blurred lines as to, well, if, if EPs do this and physios do this, but they're kind of similar for some parts and maybe depending, you know, who you see, it could be the same. Uh, or it could be completely different. It was like, what am I supposed to do? And so this document, I'm sure, has come from a place of, look, let's try and put some, uh, make it more black and white for you of what physios do and what EPs do. So there's some separation there. Mm. Um, but at what point do we need to stop separating? Well, uh, it, that, so that's a really good point, right? I, and, and the quote that seems to come up quite frequently since, since this has come up, but has come up recently, is about this idea that, you know, in 20 years' time, the, the label of an EP or a physio or a chiro or anything osteo, hmm. it's not going to mean as much as it did 20 years ago yeah. because we will all be reading off the same playbook. Yeah. And if we are doing that, we're applying a very similar hmm. model or yeah. similar prescription for for what a person needs yeah. to actually recover from yeah what it is and that probably just with for. a bit of personal bias towards something sure some form of treatment yeah which is absolutely. fine and that is important because clients have preferences for types of treatment mm. like someone might only have 10 minutes in their day available uh to see a health professional it's like, probably don't come to see me if you've only got 10 minutes in a day. Mm. Probably see someone who works very efficiently in that amount of time, which is probably a chiropractor or yeah. an osteo. Yeah. Um, they, they can get through what they want to do with you in a short amount of time. Mm. Uh, but like, if you're with a, a chiro for an hour, um, a lot of chiros don't have the, the, the gear or the equipment or the space to, to do an hour session of, Here's, here's my manipulations and my whatever my passive therapy is, but also here's a whole active program to go with it because um, most of them are working in treatment rooms. Mm. So it, it, you know, there's patient preferences that have to be taken into account mm. and that should be how it goes forward, I mm. reckon. Mm. Um, 
the idea that there needs to be this very clear separation in scopes of practice mm. like you can only do that and this is what we do yeah it, it doesn't exist and and documents like this therefore uh, are a waste of time and effort yeah. and energy because you're trying to create separation where there, where there isn't separation mm. Mm. again I, I appreciate your point about like their different backgrounds from modalities will have their preferences as mm. to how you mm. you treat but to say that like EPs can only do whatever the fuck distinct term, forms distinct of forms of exercise. I don't still still don't know what that means. <laughs> um, and physiotherapists uh, use manual therapy techniques to reduce pain, facilitate recovery of normal movement, and rehabilitate <laughs> patients using specifically designed exercise. What the hell? Like what? Like what a you can't. Stupid statement. Man. It's a stupid statement because it's, it doesn't mean anything. it doesn't mean anything. So, so to try and draw a line between our scope of practices is is a it's a waste of time. Mm. It's confusing mm. to patients, to clients. Um, it's confusing to other physios. I love that they've tried to like summarize the entirety of what physios do in one sentence, mm. and I think it's done a really poor job of kind of talking about what physios can do. Because if you're reducing the whole profession down to use manual therapy to reduce pain, facilitate the recovery of normal movement and rehabilitate using specifically designed exercise programs, you've left out a fucking bunch of stuff that's super important mm. around education and you know, providing patients safety and reassurance that they'll recover, um, guiding them back to meaningful activities. Mm. Uh, <laughs> just all of these things all of which yeah, the helping them prevent future or like reduce the risk of future injury through following mm. you know, exercise guidelines and this kind of thing what are you why like I know you try to keep a concise document but I think you've almost reduced what your what it sounds like your members do as well because they do a mm. way better job than that absolutely yeah <laughs> alright I think that's the important thing here is that we're we're talking about APA here mm. rather than physiotherapists because I know, well, I guarantee that physiotherapists in general were not, were not consulted on this document. This was APA going, we're going to make a document. Yeah. It's going to be a fucking great document. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and oh, I really need to go onto physiotherapy LinkedIn and have a look around. Um, it's probably way broader than EP LinkedIn. Like, you know all the people in EP LinkedIn. Mm. It's so small. It is small. Yeah. And we we are a tight knit, very tight knit group. Everyone knows everyone. Yeah. It's great. Um, it's like being at uni. <laughs> it's like being at Combo. <laughs> eh? How good's Combo <laughs> for those who went there? <laughs> Not this Susan Wakehill shit. I mean, like Lincoln Combo. That was the time. <laughs> All right, we're we're devolving into shit yeah. now. All right. Um. Any any. Wrapping up statements for you. Um, no, I, I look forward to the public apology that comes through from the APA about this piece of shit. And 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 the, the great thing is that, you know, a lot of the... Um, I think the, the point you made before about, you know, this is an APA document. This is not reflective of the physios that 
are out there doing great work with with their clients every day. We know that because like when we chatted with our team about this, they're like, this is but not what, what is we this? do. Yeah. And similarly with the, the people that refer to us and that we mm. refer to externally to rebound, like the, it, it's not black and white like this. It doesn't exist like this in, in practice. And mm. I wouldn't, if you're an EP listening to this, I wouldn't take this as like, this is the belief that all physios have no. about physio and EP no. and the differences. Um, that this has been probably produced by some back office person at APA mm. who is not in touch with what is actually happening mm. on the ground and use it as a conversation starter mm. with the people that mm. you refer to and that refer to you mm. as like, hey, like what can we do mm. collaboratively mm. to, like you said before, to, to work off the same run sheet mm. to work together so that the the client is at the center mm. and we are not confusing that person mm. and we are providing you know advice that is evidence guided research based so that we end up with that person in a better health position than the reason that they came for us amen there you go andrew dorman exercise physiologist of the year Spin bars. <laughs> um, yeah. The I, and the only thing I would add to that is that you're right. Like this this APA person who's written this has definitely lost touch with the common physio uh, that's working around here. And they're tr- they've tried to create this turf war that doesn't exist and that no one wants. Nobody wants this. No. Yeah. Nobody asked for, for this document specifically. You know, we'd love a collaborative document. I would love that. I don't think I'd want to be at the round table to uh, to help make it. Oh. I think there would be lots of grey yeah. in this document. Yeah. I think there would be some little bits of yeah. black and some mm. little bits of white, but mm. I think there would be a huge section of grey. Maybe we should just like middle. release a two-page PDF that's just grey paper <laughs> and go, hey, here's the scope of physiotherapists and EPs. Just grey. Just grey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Physios have the diagnosis. Good. Great. We have our distinct forms of exercise, but everything else is grey. Mm. <laughs> there you go. Settle that. All right. Well, that'll do us. That's a rant. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>